my first two TikToks broke easily 100k views. What most people don't have in mind is you can really plan your career. What we try to do is give a feedback loop for everything that you do. You can also make it to the top if you're not going the total stride way. What is up, everyone? I'm your host, Chris, and you're listening to Nonlinear, the podcast in which we unpack these strategies, hacks, and decisions high-achieving young professionals use in 2023 plus to design careers they love. In this episode, I speak with Jonas Steg and David Döbele, the founders of Pumpkin Careers, and their motto is actually very, very similar to what we are talking about in this podcast, because what their company is doing is they're helping young professionals very, who are very early in their career to break through into top and top tier investment banking firms or top tier consulting companies, particularly David, you might even know from TikTok because he's had a time where he went viral with this very, very memeable content on, is my CV still good enough to get into McKinsey or, um, which internship should I do next? Or like all of those kind of hilarious videos. And it's super, super cool to have now spoken to them to get a glance behind the curtain. Jonas I already knew before from a conference which we've attended a couple of years ago. It's been a blast to record this episode, particularly because I'm super interested in content community and coaching businesses. And so I'm super happy to be able to give you access to this episode. Thank you very much, David and Jonas. And I would say, let's dive right in. Jonas and David, I'm super stoked for this episode, actually. Why don't you very quickly intro you? I will intro you in the intro anyways, but maybe say something to yourself very quickly. I mean, that's difficult to guess what you already said, but let's try. So usually we basically, we have aligned our founding story like fairly closely. So I think it doesn't really matter who of us uh, will tell it. So we both started our, our studies in 2015, it was, I think. And uh, we, we met basically in the first week uh, of, of, of the uh, opening week, basically. And since then, we've been friends over, over our studies. And David, he did some really impressive things within his first study year. Um, and did an internship in, at UBS and, uh, or UBS, it's English, I think. And some other stuff, really good grades and started to, to open up a YouTube channel, um, over, over his studies. David, how was that starting a YouTube channel? Uh, it was uh, more or less semi uh, successful, I think. So the idea was that I uh, would sell some, uh, uh, tips on how to write job applications, uh, stuff like that. But I didn't have uh, that uh, that niche uh, that we are in right now back then. So I was just helping out like random people, like uh, 40 years old guys who, who looked for another job and some pupils who wanted to do a, like a high school internship. So it was like really random, not with with big with a big focus. And then I might continue for Jona because Jonas really took off in in the second half of his bachelor's degree. So he. Uh, completed a couple of internships at uh, Roland Berger, BCG, and Triton Partners in private equity. And he had like similar uh, learnings like me, just on a different level. So for me, it was like, okay, I didn't have any idea in the beginning of my academic career how to write job application, what to expect in a basic job interview, stuff like that, because you don't get it teach in high school. And back then, there wasn't like any good tutorials on YouTube. So I had to figure it out on my own. And I think Jonas uh, had some quite similar learnings just on a more professional scale. He maybe Jonas, you can talk about your like case prep for BCG stuff like that. So you also figured out that okay, 
what was available back then wasn't like totally perfect, I think. Yeah, so I, I think the two of us basically noticed that within a short time span, like half a year, maybe you could give your own feedback back. So if you would just wait for half a year, you could already have that would have some learnings to give back basically to yourself. I think that's a really short, short time amount. And we also noticed that like some networks, for example, like at private universities, they do a way better job uh, actually teaching you all that, all that stuff. And so we found that niche for the both of us and started to explore it via some offline workshops. That was like, I think a few months before COVID that wasn't like, we, we noticed while doing those workshops that we can basically tell a lot more than this the few hours we had with the, with the people there and um, started to, to think about how we can do that better. And also it's just one day you can't really, the, the biggest problems usually come up when you really try to execute something and not when you're teaching the theory on, on something. And so we noticed that and started to talk about what we can do about that. And in the beginning of 2020, started our, our company back then with a different name. We did a rebranding half a year later. And since then, we are helping students to yeah, go into certain uh, career paths, especially investment banking and strategy consulting, private equity. And from time to time, obviously, we also have people that go into the startup ecosystem, more like to traditional corporates and stuff like that. And we basically help with everything. So our approach is that we try to maximize everything that you can do is like in contrast to like other stuff or a career service with more, Hey, we try to give you basic things so that you don't do, do some really bad stuff. And we try to find more of the, of the upside and really maximize everything that you can in that journey that... Focusing on the study. And what are the, like the biggest levers you see in, in people, both on the yeah. downside, like downside mitigation so that they don't fuck up in an interview. And then also the unleash your potential, which is your slogan, which I really like. And yeah. what do you see there? So I, I think for, for me, it's usually what most people don't have in mind is, is that they, you can really plan your career and you can really plan it, plan it out from step to step. I think in, in contrast to stuff like, like an interview, most people know that they should prepare for an interview at least. Uh, so they do some stuff, although th that can be optimized a lot. Um, but it's for, for the career planning aspect, most people don't really have a plan at all and they, they don't really care, care to plan. Um, so it's, yeah, I heard about that one internship, so I'm going to do it and I'm going to apply. And I was on this event and I heard about this company, so I'm just going to do it. And it's not, hey, I'm trying to get like a basket of applications and look and go through all those interviews and try to get the best possible outcome. It's a lot more, more random, I think. So for me, especially in the past, that was like the biggest lever as it's, and it's something people don't usually do. I think one of the key, like one of the, the most important things when you work with us is that you're like constantly disciplined and motivated to just continue the ride. So like we have a lot of guys who, who have been working with us for two, two and a half years since the beginning of their, of their studies. And they also broke into like t tier one strategy consulting firms or investment banks like before their master's degree. 
So that, that's like the number one perfect goal for most of the people we work with. And a lot of them, they never had one really big step. They just, they just continued like doing small steps toward that goal, like constantly over three years. And I think when you're not uh, working with a team that, that helps you out and you're, you're not constantly knowing that everything you do is like perfectly aligned with your goals, then it's really easy to just like skip one internship, just relax for one semester and not do so good in university because you're not so sure, okay, do I study correctly? Is this internship right for me or is it not? So like we eliminate all that uncertainty. So you're like naturally a lot more motivated to, to continue for two or three years going towards your goal. And I think that's something like, of course, it's not, not the main, main reason people join our coaching programs. But I think that's what, what really is like a, a big, big part of our success. What's the main reason people join? Just to break through into tier one? Yeah, it depends. So some, especially nowadays, a lot of people just know that, for example, the network is really impressive. So we work with over 1,000 people. So they know when they join us that they basically do that as well. If, if 1,000 people or get to know a few hundred really easily, Within those industries, you're set for your career networking-wise. It, it would be beneficial to have some even more senior, but on, the, on, on similar levels, that's a really big factor. And then we, we have those people that are just really ambitious. They usually join us with slightly before their, their study or the beginning of the study because they just want to maximize everything that they are doing and they want to have the best possible outcome. And then we also have people that that maybe weren't as, as ambitious at the beginning of their studies and maybe they didn't have as good grades before or as in strategy consulting, your abitures or matura or whatever is also really important. They have more like a disadvantage and they try to try to maximize that from their position. Um, so it, it depends slightly, but usually people notice that they could optimize uh, stuff and they, they are joining for doing And other like stories where you had or where you, you must regularly have people who are like actually on paper, it's impossible to get them into, let's say, JP Morgan or something, right? So yeah. other stories where you are like, wow, we did a, an impossible turnaround? Yeah, quite a few nowadays. I don't know whether you have that still in mind, but probably you noticed that as well. Like, in, especially in, in banking and consulting, you don't really have a lot of, for example, I don't know, the, at Fachhochschule is it college in It's not really comparable, right? But uh, it's um, like a, yeah. you, you don't have a lot of people from that kind of, of university, if you would say it, um, that would break into those industries. And for example, we had one month where we had three people uh, joining the same uh, investment bank that had this background. And that, for example, was one. Or we, had, we have quite a few people that have abitures or high school diplomas with Grades usually, most people would say that you can't do it. For example, if if it's above two point five, usually in the on, on the German grading grading scale, usually you would say no, no sure. chance. You get you will get filtered out basically, and quite a few people that did uh, that did that. And those are actually like for us, at, at least for me, those are like even more yeah nice to see if, if those things go through because. 
you have like more of an, I think our part in, in, in actually doing that stuff is probably bigger or easier to spot than if we have somebody who's ambitious either way and who would probably do it without us, but maybe would do it like would need one or two internships more or would need half a year, one year master degree more. And that's usually a little more difficult to, to spot what's actually our contributions, a little more, more difficult to isolate. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, so I love this or I love your model and I think it's super, super valuable what you're doing. And thus, I also, of course, did a couple of days ago or maybe one or two weeks ago, I did some research and then I stumbled up on the interview, David, you did with Moritz Bayer-Lenz. Mm -hmm. And so I love this point you just now mentioned about um, like that you basically can design a career and that you can plan a career up front. And even in a, it doesn't have to be the most linear thing, right? What you do, yeah. what you two do, of course, is like linear career design up until this point. However, like Moritz did a couple of jumps, let's say, who weren't probably, yeah, the most planned, like to the White House, for instance, or stuff like What frameworks did you take away from speaking to Moritz and did he alter your perspective even more or did it just ingrain and ingrain what you thought before already? I think he actually like more or less did exactly what we are talking about just on a longest journey because I think he also like we talked about it privately a lot. Uh, I think he didn't, we didn't dive into it in the podcast too much, but Moritz is like really big on goal setting. Like he has this like really sophisticated goal setting technique where he sets goals like uh, one year, three years, 10 years for every, for each aspect of his life. So there's also for private stuff, every aspect of his life, he has a goal template and then he revises it like uh, once a year uh, and adjusts it. I'm pretty sure that, for example, Moritz would have also benefited greatly uh, from Pumpkin Careers if we would have been available back then. For example, he received a scholarship from his high school, the Studienstiftung Deutschen Volkes. It's the most prestigious scholarship in Germany. And he declined it because he and his mother, they thought that you would have to pay in order to receive a scholarship. And he didn't know that you get paid when you receive a, or you get money if you receive a scholarship. So just for that, it would have been like really great for him to be with us. And Yeah, he like really took off after graduating from his dual study degree. I think beforehand he might, looking back, he might have took some other steps, but in the long run, everything turned out. And that's also something like when I speak to other super successful people, of course, everyone made mistakes, like thinking back, like no one like walks a completely linear career path. But in the end, if you just keep going long enough and you don't lose the perspective of what you're doing and you're smart and you're bright and you, you have a little bit of luck as well, then you can also make it to the top if you're not going the total stride way. But I'm a big, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that if you take those people and you would have shown them at some point in the career, you could have tell, told them, okay, you can do this step, but... I think it would be a little bit better if you would choose this step or this step. I'm pretty sure that 99% of those people would have ended up at least where are they, where they are right now. So I'm pretty sure that if Moritz didn't like, if he would have accepted the scholarship right away, if he would have decided to study like at a really target university right away, I'm pretty sure he, he 
also might have ended up at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, yeah. And then our light speed or something, right? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty um, pretty impressive. A couple of more questions to like to to your program itself and Pumpkin and how it runs and then I would love to switch and go into the business building aspect of everything. So assume I would be applying now for Pumpkin or I would be I would I don't know how it works, pay the fee. Yeah. And pay the membership fee. Would I have to do an interview, by the way? Because it's, I saw the status quo assessment, <laughs> but it's probably... Uh... We, we have a process where we will look into whether working together is beneficial for both uh, sides. Obviously, uh, as we said, we have a focus on, on certain career paths and it's not... We could really help you when you are like 10 years into, into working or when you have like very different goals. So we, we try to do that in a in kind of a, a short first first call, that's 15 minutes. And then when we notice that it's usually beneficial for the both both sides, then we will go on into a more in-depth call where we also will show like what, at least from our perspective, what are the things that, that will come next? What are the things that you could work on and how we could help in, in, in doing that? So it's, it's like a call where we basically explain everything and then you, or maybe some, sometimes there are also like parents involved or stuff like that. It mm. depends obviously on, on the family and how, on, on how they are doing and stuff like that. And then they will decide whether to start, to start with us. And then there's like a, then you, you start, you have like an on, onboarding process, what we did a few weeks or even a few months ago, we decided to actually do an event, for example, every month with where everybody can join that joined the program, like in the last two, two months, basically. And so they really get, get to know each other quite early. And yeah, those are basically the first, uh, the first steps. In, in working with us. I think that's where we also re-met in Berlin, right? When you just randomly texted me, I think we met at Frankfurt school. Like at some point at a at an event. Okay, at Campus for Finance we met. Yeah. And like but it's already so long ago. That's why I was a bit surprised when you said that you started out in two thousand nineteen or two thousand twenty. Yeah. Because I think we got to know each other in must have been two thousand eighteen later. Sixteen. Actually during the bad undergrad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, mean, I got, never did, yeah. did anything than an undergrad, so definitely wasn't. Say it again? I only have an undergrad, so. Oh, yeah. I think it was 2016, probably. Yeah. Hey, and then also in a private conversation, you mentioned the gamification of your program, which I found yeah. super interesting. Do you want to highlight this a bit? What we are basically trying to do. So we, we talked before about, about planning and stuff like that. And some people tend to misunderstand that because from our perspective is it's about really making much rational decisions and have all the information. And if you decide for your own that, for example, that an internship would be better for your own career, but you decide against, against it because it's, it's, you don't like the people there or you don't like where you're living while doing that internship, that's fine. But most people don't have the information about the, about how much they would benefit from, from an internship. So what we, what we try to do is basically give all those, all those informations and have basically been a feedback loop for everything that you do. If it's while studying, basically you have a system where you always know how good you are within the semester. 
Because I think, as David mentioned, the problem most people tend to have is that they that it's really difficult while studying and while having a big goal that's like a few years away that you can't really put it down into smaller goals and smaller steps. And we try to do that with career planning. We try to do that with grading. And also when you have like more prestigious interview processes, you also try to plan plan that. Was that the gamification aspect you, you were referring yeah, to? Yeah, the what? type of, I think what, we, what you're current saying, if, if I understand this correctly, and this is funny because my flatmate is a programmer and streamer and I interviewed him yesterday yeah. about how he became a programmer and streamer. Yeah. And what you're basically saying is you gamify the, you gamify things in life which have too long feedback loops. So you just help students basically understand how they're moving during uni, yeah. for instance, during internships, when no one basically assigns you grades for it. Ah, cool. He did an internship at OCNC. That's five out of whatever. And this yeah, guy yeah. did no, not do an internship, whatever. So I think it's really cool, cool what you're saying. Just one, one final question, which I'm interested in is, do you sometimes also challenge what people set themselves as, or basically two questions. Number one is, do you set the goals which people set for themselves? Do you challenge them in terms of not only this is too, this is not ambitious enough. I'm sure that you do this all the time. Yeah. Someone wants to go to investment banking tier two, and then you're like, no, you should go here. But do you also challenge people on the personal aspect now? Hey, To be honest, I don't think you fit into IB. You would be super unlucky, yeah. uh, unhappy. Like you should go here and there or whatever. Yeah. Or you should do something yeah, entirely quite, different. Quite, especially, especially the sentence you, you said. I did that quite a lot. I think strategy consulting is a little broader also from characters you, you will see and stuff like that. But I think especially investment banking, it really is really beneficial when you, when you have certain, certain attributes. And if I really notice that, that people don't have those, and for example, and for example, if you're like really more, for example, nice guy or nice girl, if I have to really put it mm. or stereotype something, it's, I think you will, you have a difficult time, time there. It's not like saying that all investment bankers are not nice and stuff like that, but it's a really rough environment and you, you have tough hours. You have, most people don't tend to take the time. Uh, to explain it can be loud and stuff like that so if you if you are more on the sensitive side on those things and i noticed that when i gave people feedback for example we also get to know the people fairly personally not all of them but especially when they use our program a lot we interact with them a lot so we talk with them a lot and then we also get to know them and we notice how they give how they receive feedback and what how they would react when we are saying certain stuff and if i notice that i i mentioned to quite a few uh, people already, for example, that I don't think that they should do an, they, they wanted to do an investment banking digital bank. And I won't say don't do it, but I, I will say from my perspective, how I got to know you, I think it wouldn't be uh, something that, that's, that fits you in the end, it's their decision, but I would definitely tell, tell them. And we, we also said to people that they are too ambitious and maybe they should relax a little at the end it's I, i think what most especially older people tend to do is yeah you should relax more in your studies and it's the best time of your life and stuff like that but they are basically just telling that that to them to to themselves in the moment and they think about their life that they should have relaxed more it's not like just in that part of their life they're just telling that for all of their life 
for the life story. And I think it's not really beneficial when you have a really ambitious person in front of you that you tell them, yeah, studies is the best time of your life. You should just do some more holidays and travel and stuff like that. Because they are ambitious. They want to do something and they want to achieve something within their career. And I think it's more beneficial when you say to them, you bring in the perspective and tell them it's not like this internship won't decide on whether uh, you will have a career or, or not. But it's not beneficial to tell them just a little because yeah, they won't yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally get this. I, I also think that your gamification system can actually make uni also more fun. Because like it's it yeah. can be sometimes that you're just... Like everyone has, I, for instance, have bigger brothers, one who's also in the business world, who of course helped me like get my mindset clear around certain things and stuff. But for many people, I think this is, this is just missing. They don't have it. So I think it's super, super valuable to have guidance, gamification. I think it's really nice. Hey, last question regarding this part. And then let's finally move into the business building part. It's how do you shift the mindset of people when they're, for instance, like thinking too small or thinking a bit too hectic? How do you, does this go into you recommending routines like, hey, you should do cold showers, you should do sports five times a week, you should do whatever. Like, how do you flip? How do you make this entire shift from like planning your career top down to then also yeah. executing? Yeah, I think I, I will just go into something and then how you can talk a little about the routine and stuff and stuff like that. And I, I think it depends on, I think what's most important for most human beings, if, if they find out on why they are not able to follow something or why they are scared or, or stuff like that. And it's not needed all of the time. I think sometimes you can just use like willpower and then discipline will, will come in and you will just follow basically morning routines and stuff like that. But I think for the biggest issues, usually there's like a kind of a story which tells on why you have developed in, in the person you, you're being now and why you are scared about certain things. For example, on a psychological level, it could be that you're always late because you that's the only moment in which you can take control. Because when you're always late, that's the only point in your life, maybe, where you, you are in full control because you are like a few minutes late. That's, for example, it's not like that's the explanation for everything and, uh, and stuff like that. But I think it's really important to get to know yourself and get to know on why you're doing the stuff you're doing and then to work on, on, on this as well, on not just on a real level and to just push through, but also on, on an emotional and get to know yourself level. And we try to do that with people. It's that most of them are fairly young. So it's not all of them want to go into that stuff already because I think Sometimes life have to, has to teach you some lessons that you try to explore that th those things. But we do that as well if people want to do that. But for most people, it's usually the most beneficial to, to establish some routines, to, to work on their diet and stuff like that. And how do you go about figuring out or like building up hypotheses why a person is, for instance, coming late? It's usually, it's like the same as sales. I, mean, I know you also did sales. You have to ask the right questions and then usually some something will will build up you'll just ask a question on why do you think you're, you're coming late and then usually people will tell will, will use certain words and stuff like that and then you have 
similar to sales when you're trying to find the the true objection you you will notice over time what are the patterns and how what are the the things you would go into more depth on yeah i think like for most of the students who who come to us they already bring with them a a really high level of commitment and motivation because otherwise they wouldn't like work with us because uh, it's if you're not motivated it's not it's uh, we're the wrong place and you won't get accepted for programs what i mostly advise them on is to to set up certain r- routines that would be like probably beneficial for them and then set up like clear clear ways to to keep on going for example for our, for our clients it's of course it's really beneficial that they have like clear mentors in our program that they can rely on that they can talk with for example once a week and so it's if i tell one of our students okay if, so for this next week I want you to do this and this every evening. I want you to, uh, to write down how you felt after doing this and this, stuff like that. And then next Thursday, you come into our call and we talk about it again. So he knows, okay, I'm not just disappointing myself if I don't, hmm. if I'm not disciplined hmm. enough to do but I'm also just uh, disappointing David or another coach. And also they like, of course, you feel stupid if you like, buy into our programs and then you don't like do the stuff you're told to do so you're wasting your money obviously so i think that's for me i don't often see people don't get their like asses up and work i i rather see the contrary that uh, something that also jonas uh, said uh, a couple of minutes ago that sometimes i rather have to slow people down a little bit because they like want to do everything at once. Like they want to do an internship. They want to do, uh, join like four different student initiatives. They want to join a, a student consultancy. Then they want to uh, write like perfect grades. And they want to go to the gym one and a half hour every day. Then they want to do that and that. And they are politically involved. And then they also think about a new startup idea. And then I rather have to slow them down instead of tell them, to work harder so it's but it's also because we're like in a really like a uh, bubble in our coaching program i think yeah hey, super super cool explanations i would say let's now move on on to how you actually build the business so to gain there some pace so jonas you mentioned earlier you were type of like testing in 2019 in a couple of group settings the yeah. the collab with the people right yeah Cool. And then you saw, yo, it works out in one day, but we could tell so much more. This is what you yeah. told me in another convo. And then you basically just started, did you then already start selling and then making the community program legit or what was the step? Yeah, we, we were fairly certain that we will sell, sell the program. So we already built it for two or three months, um, before, before that. And then started into, into selling it. I, I think if you don't have like that traction before, it's, you can also start selling and do more one-on-one in the beginning. But we didn't do didn't do that. And yeah, then what's what we also talked about in, in, in the last conversation? What's what we are usually doing is so system works like we have we have videos, then we have personal inter- interactions. And when we noticed certain things coming up a lot in personal interactions, either when you talk directly to us or via text, then we will tend to look into on how we can put that into a video or a document. And so over time, 
basically more and more videos will come because usually it's the best when I really take my time and explain it rather than doing a one-on-one with you. Because if I tell you the same thing I told the three people before you, I think the explanation won't get any better, yeah. <laughs> um, probably. And so what we really believe in is that you that you take the time, really produce high quality video or use, use document and give that to the people. And so over time, I, for at least from my perspective, I think oh, that we that through those videos that we optimize, for example, if you take presenting yourself within an interview, in the beginning, we had three videos on that. And then we have, and now it's 50 or something along those ways. And I think now probably I'm one of the few people in history that actually will see only like top 10% answers to that questions. So I can now think about how we can optimize those even further. And most people, if, if, they, if you start all over again, all the time when you're doing one-on-ones, you have to always get a, get somebody from like top 20, 30, 50% to like top 10. But now I can actually work with top 10% results through the videos and through, through a like process and think about how we can do that even better. So I think from the fulfillment side, that's how we build up the, the business. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's pure product explanation. Okay, guys. So just to summarize very quickly, you test it. You start monetizing quite quickly and you understand how to leverage the product, so how to improve the product a bit more. And then at some point, you must kick in the acquisition strategy, right? Because up until this point, I feel like you've tested a bit via videos and this and that. Am I rightly assuming that then David's TikTok virality with the memes kicks in? Yeah, I think from the storyline, I started my YouTube channel in 2017. We started our coaching programs in 2020. And I think I started with TikTok in 2021, like in the middle of 2021. So one and a half years later, we, it was one of my mm. social media employees. He, he told me, okay, David, you need to get on TikTok. It's the new shit. And I just thought, okay, like doing dance videos, stuff like that. It's not, it's not for me. But then he said, no, we need to try it out. And so I, I did a couple of uh, TikTok clips and I, back then, I don't know if it's today still like that. Back then, I think it was like the algorithm of TikTok. When you were new to the platform, it gave you like a really big push. And I, I think my first two TikToks on that platform both broke easily 100K views with just like really basic tips, what are the most interesting jobs after like business administration, what you can earn in investment banking, stuff like that. So it was like the beginning. And then I also in like in 2020, when we started with pumpkin careers and we slowly grew a little bit, like two or three meme pages in the business administration area started growing was like BWL memes and hedge fund Henning. Uh, they were like the, the first two pages, I think. And they already like used, used pictures of me a couple of times. So it was like, there was like this kind of funny meme stuff. And then it was me like, and we, the, both the meme sites were, were growing and my social media presence was growing. And then naturally, because some of the meme sites, they, they grew rather quickly than me. I tried to like, 
get traction with their growth as well. So I, for example, like in, I think it was in 2021 or yeah, I think it was in 2021, there was like a, a, a battle of the meme pages. There was like a tournament who makes the best memes. And there were like 10 different business meme pages from Germany. And I was like a commentator and commenting on each battle and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was like, <laughs> like really weird time back then, but. Yeah, and then I, I slowly started to also do some jokes on social media, like not really like sketches or stuff like that, but just answer some questions, for example, a little bit more like ironically. For example, why do does every business administration student have a Ralph Lauren shirt? And then I like just gave like a random answer to that question. But it was it wasn't like just completely out of the air because a little bit of truth was in it was in each question and each answer because if you go onto campus of one of those like typical business schools you see a lot of Ralph Lauren so it's like half half joke half reality and then like this with this I I I, I with those clips or at least with some of them I like gained. Like great virality for one year straight. Like every clip I said something about Ralph Lauren, stuff like that. It like it almost certain with almost one hundred percent certainty reached at least like one hundred, two hundred thousand views. And we all always thought to ourselves, okay, of course it's not like rel- totally irrelevant, but it's still the target group thinks it's cool, it's funny. And if a couple of them like they they then continue watching my YouTube channel. And if just 1% of them, like maybe someday visits our website and realizes, oh, it's not just Ralph Lauren jokes, it's also like serious uh, career consultancy stuff, they might like just opt in on our website and it was totally worth it. So we, we wrote with that like for one and a half years. But then at some point, like all in our team and especially me, like we all felt like, okay, Maybe it was a little bit, we drove it a little bit too, too far. So it was like uh, when I walked in the, in, in the streets, for example, like I, I was recognized a lot of times, but very, but most of the times it was like people just saying, Hey, I know you from TikTok. You're that Ralph Lauren guy. Oh, it's so funny. Can I take a picture with you? But it was not like, Hey man, I study at Frankfurt school. I want to get an internship. Very nice. Can I write your link? <laughs> that was what I was hoping for. That wasn't what I was getting. <laughs> like, and then, and then, I, and also, for example, some older people, of course, like for example, some, some senior investment bankers, some of them, they really, uh, also, they understood the type of humor and they found it hilarious. And I received a lot of messages. For example, also Moritz, he said, hey, David, in my, in the first LinkedIn message I received from Moritz was, hey, David, I work at Goldman, McKinsey, White House. I have a Stanford MBA. Can I still break into IB? So that was like the meme question. And that was, <laughs> he wrote, so, uh, like I, I received a lot of like, really good uh, connections by that, but also uh, some senior guys that, that said, oh, it's so stupid. How can you do that? It's so stereotyped, stuff like that. And they didn't get the, the humor or like they get, they get the humor, but they didn't find it funny. Then seven or eight months ago, like in, the, like in April this year, I think uh, we, we made the decision to like just cut everything completely out ongoing. There are still mm. a couple of clips um, that are still out there, of course. But like for the last six months, there's like almost no like humorous uh, stuff from me in the open. 
And it really, now when I get approached, it's like really, hey, David, I'm in Frankfurt School. I want to do an M&A internship, keep mm -hmm. up with your work or da da. So it like the virality really dropped down. But on the other side, like it, it, I had the opportunity to speak into like really big German podcasts to, to get some really nice press coverage. I still have a lot of followers on TikTok and, and now some, of course, not each of my TikToks gets 100,000 views, but I still managed to like get like a serious, yeah, coverage with, with completely serious uh, content. Yeah. Hey, congrats, by the way, to the book. I just saw it. Oh, I haven't you. ordered it yet. But we'll come to this in, a, in a, at, the, at the end. Hey, maybe like the final 10 minutes or something. One part which I'm particularly interested in now really keen on, on speaking with you about is like you building a community business, a coaching slash community business in Germany, which is I just recently, I'm currently also writing some new uh, newsletter stuff or prototyping this basically. And of course, like I had to use the comedy Gruppe and Lamborghini Brudi stuff in my newsletter to basically... Yeah re-educate people on hey coaching is not always there's this bro who wants to who, who basically scams you off and stuff and it's actually like the reason why i also switched from google to yodel back then because i'm fascinated by community companies so mm -hmm. how do you like how did you in 2020 come up with okay let's build a coaching slash community business is there any anyone who mentored you or any resource you found or anything how you convinced yourself okay Let's calm down. It's maybe not that scammy because this stuff was hyping back then, like Lamborghini, Brudi, Jan Böhmermann, like all of this stuff. Yeah, for, for us, it's, it's not. I think a lot of people in, in this space, they start to make money. And obviously, we also wanted to, to make money. But for us, like the main motive or the main starting point that we was that we noticed that we could help ourselves a few weeks or months or years ago. And so... I think the starting point was a little di different. Like we didn't search for, for anything uh, and stuff like that. We did it before without earning a lot of money. I also did a YouTube uh, channel like uh, one year before we actually founded the, founded the company. And of course we wanted to earn, earn some money, but it wasn't like the only, only thing we walked into. And then I think it de depends on, on how you look at the market. You can, I think you can always learn something, especially some of the things that, that are actually working, but then there are a lot of scammy things and we notice that as, as well in, in, in our stuff. And still to this day, when potential customers or prospects come into our funnel and then they have to talk to their parents or stuff like that, parents will, will say, ah, oh, it's online, it's a little uh, scammy. But I think what we really try to do is put a lot of yeah, kind of stuff out that you really fast in, in noticing that's not the case. Obviously, we have a different background than most of those people. We have, we have studied, we have degrees, and we also did, did internships in, in those roles. We have coaches that, that work into the, in those companies. We have a lot of interviews, like David, David told before, with experienced people. And we have basically, we, we published like one testimonial every week for, for a really long time. And we also have ambassadors who you can talk to every week. Another member will take over our Instagram channel and stuff like that. So we try to work with a lot of proof that stuff is actually working. Apart from that, we definitely looked a lot into the market and we're still doing, it depends on the niche. We 
to, to be honest, for example, we noticed like a few months ago, Imad Gatsi got really a lot of traffic on YouTube, for example, and we tried to figure it out on how he's doing thumbnails and how he's using titles and stuff like that. And we try to learn from that. Obviously, we're not the only company that does the stuff I told you before with like videos and stuff like that. Um, so we try to learn a lot from, from everything that we are seeing and not try to just say like everything that's online is, it's like scammy. But I think you can learn from a lot of stuff um, if you look into, into that. I, and I think, for example, some of the marketing moves of the people you're referring to really helped, helped them. I think for us, we noticed over time that it's a really small niche and we have to make sure that we can't really allow public sentiment to happen where a lot of people are saying that you don't need that, that's, that's scammy and stuff like that. So for us, it was like really important to get a little less controversial over, um, over time. But I think if you have a bigger market, probably that's also like, you can be really controversial, can benefit, uh, benefit you. And yeah, we always try to learn in different aspects. We talked about, for example, leadership in, in our other core. That's also something we try to learn. Like one, one thing about this, just to go in there quickly that we can separate these parts. Um, Did you have any starting help? Like when you were sitting together there in 2019, you were like, okay, we have this idea for pumpkin careers. We have people in a desired, in a starting state, desired state. We get them there. We do the workshops. Like in the professionalization, did you follow a type of playbook? Yeah, we also got, got a lot of feedback along along the way. Um, I usually from the beginning, I ask a lot of a lot of uh, people that I got to know over, over time what they, they are thinking about. And then, yeah, we also use like some playbooks. It's like for this uh, this kind of coaching space, you have like lots of brands and stuff like that. And you also have like in Germany, some people and we always look, look into that stuff as well. Yeah, cool. That's super interesting. But I think we were, we were not like, we are just going to follow this, this one approach. No, you're like, from your experience and also how I know you, this is of course like the cool combination, right? So that you have your own mind, yeah. you, you do your own experience. You're both quite very clear characters and then you still understand the resources. And this is what I find so fascinating. That's why I'm asking because like you're, you were acting against like counter common view. Like I, I don't like the word counterintuitive because. I don't yeah. know whether everything is actually intuitive slash non-intuitive, but against the common view, contrarian, you acted contrarian and it seems to play out. Guys, so then a couple of other points before we slowly go into the ending. You're both, you've studied at Goethe-Uni, I think. Mm -hmm. Jonas, you've been at BCG, Triton, which is, I think Triton is already quite a good private equity, good, of course, they're probably world-class private equity fund. Uh, I don't really know the world that well. And David, you've been at UBS, so... How was it for you guys to switch worlds and go away from this? Okay, let's let us not pursue what we're actually selling. You must have felt like you're selling. It's like a bit of yes, it's still, it's yeah. still getting weird from time to time. And David can also step in on that. But for us, it was like really, I wouldn't say it's like whether difficult, but it tend to make things different from, from time to time. So for us, we have a team, for example, so we can't like go into the bubble that deep because know them, know those guys as well. They, a lot of them, they have like certain language and stuff like that. And you also have like certain perspectives a lot on how the world is going and, and stuff like that. 
And for us, we can't really do that because we still have a team and we're not like VC funded and stuff like that. So we don't have the consulting McKinsey types that will come in and, and join our company or people that they tend to do, tend to be similar. But that, that did the apprenticeship, I think it's the English, English word and stuff like that. They never were in that bubble at all. And so we still have to relate, obviously. And we still have to have to get to know them and be able to talk about like other stuff rather than just just work work and our newest startup idea. And, and I think at least for me, I noticed that character-wise, it's really I, I, I like that a lot because like you have to be more open and you have to have to have different perspectives and stuff like that. And yeah, we didn't go into that space, but I I think. For us, it's not like we, we founded a company because we had to, or we want, it was like really something we want to do, but rather we noticed a problem and started solving that. So for us, it's not like we would have funded something different or we would have started something different, rather we would, we would have go into those industries. And as a lot of people uh, still would, would say the, the second best option would have been private equity for me because I really enjoyed that. But I got a different opportunity and started to do that. And I, I think it's really difficult to compare the, the two. For me, like I, I don't, for me, it wasn't, wasn't that big of a different step, to be honest, because at uh, university, we were like, I was constantly like thinking about, okay, how can I optimize my output? What do I have to do? And now it's like more or less the same thing. And of course, like the type of work is totally different than, for example, if I would have joined like a investment banking firm. So obviously it's like you, you have to, you have far more like responsibilities in, in, in all kinds of areas, especially in the beginning. Whereas if you would have joined like a, a huge corporation, you will just, you have this area where you build a really great expertise, but you don't have to care about all the other parts of the investment bank, for example. And uh, so the type of work is different, but the, the mindset towards this type of work, for me, it's like rather similar. And I also go with Jonas. It was never like, okay, I don't want to go into strategy consulting or investment banking. I, I have to do a startup because I hate investment banking, strategy consulting so much. It's definitely not the case. Like for us, there were, we had this really great opportunity after our undergraduate degree, but otherwise I think we would have both had not that big of a problem to join some of those firms that we are bringing out our mentees in. And then maybe some other day we would have founded a company, maybe not, who knows, but also a lot of our clients, they don't want to work like in investment banking for 40 years. They want to break to, or they want to have those opportunities that you get with working there. And then some of them also have founded their own company during their time with pumpkin. Some of them will like after their master's degree, some of them will after two years in consulting or banking, some of them maybe in 10 years, some of them will never start a startup and that's everything is fine. And I don't feel like a better human because I have founded a startup. I don't feel less of a human. <laughs> just like for me, it's just okay what we did and it's working. So it's fine. And everyone has cool. to find their own way, I think. How do you guys educate yourself right now? So how do you make sure you operate at the best level, Jonas? Now, what you basically hinted towards already a couple of minutes ago? Yeah, so what was really beneficial for me, as one noticed, we were still fairly young. We have 15 employees. And we also had like, when we first 
so we, it was really fast going from 10 to, to 20 and I think, or from five to 20 um, employees and we have had 20 once upon a, upon a time, but we noticed that some, something, yeah, uh, that we, we can't really break through that currently because we weren't able to really manage and be a, be lead, be the leader that the company would have needed. So for me, a lot of growth actually happened in, in, in leadership coaching over the last, like one around a year. And I, I really got to know myself a lot better and really grew, grew into somebody I think that's way more capable in, in leading a company and doing the, the talk of the employees that are needed and stuff like that. And that, that helped me a lot. And on, on this part, and then apart from that, we always try to try to look into social media, for example, that's really important for us to see what's going on and then yeah, some obviously also reading or podcasts, we talked about that before helps, but for me, especially the coaching, coaching part. So I think it's also like really beneficial to, to get coached and coach because like it's, you can actually even, you are even more noticing how important that is and how much it can help you. And so even standing more behind the, the concept on what we talked about, like the scammy part and stuff like that, you can't, if you experience it on your own, how much it, it can help you. I think it's also really, it, it's important. Yeah. I, I really appreciate like direct feedback and like uh, a couple of experts in different fields that I can uh, consult with if I experience any problems. And that's more like, of course, I sometimes listen to podcasts, sometimes I read books, but it's sometimes you get like an idea there for something you might do, but for me, the direct feedback from mentors or experts is far more valuable than just generic input. Well, let's also keep the last question as rapid fire now. The relationship between the two of you, like what's super cool, I've interviewed a couple of founder teams now in the past couple of weeks, mostly tech, you're non-tech. And still what I see about you is like you're ultra complimentary, right? So in the in our last conversation, Jonas and I like, typed him the architect and you're David, you're like the campaigner or whatever, like ENTP, ENFP type of MBTI type. How do you guys think about this and how do you consciously design, do you consciously design the business about this? Yeah, I think we both, both had a really good understanding about that from the beginning. And we, I think we know really the, ourselves as, a, as well, the other, the, the other part. And for us, it's like really important. For example, uh, one thing is, is talking a lot, but then what's also what, what never happened uh, with us is that kind of uh, we're talking the other part down and stuff like that. So for, for me, for example, some people will talk about will say it here, David, he does a lot of social media and I will never just let that slip through because that's like really hard, hard work. You have to do a lot of stuff uh, to, to do that. And I will never, will never do that. So I think those are the two most important, important things that we never do like arrogant about the other part in it and try to talk about it. Yeah. I think yeah. we, we, I think we evolved like quite naturally into our current roles. There was like, sometimes we talked about it, but it was like more, more naturally because yeah, I think we both yeah. know that we wouldn't be there without the other. So it's, yeah, I think it's a good, like we didn't plan it that way. 
because I think, I don't know, at least for me, when we started with our offline workshops back yeah. in 2019, I wasn't thinking, okay, Jonas is really complimentary to me. I think he would be a good mm. co-founder, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, just how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hey, and if you, if either of you or both of you could go back in time until you were 18, what would you do after school? Would you do the same journey or would you do something different? I, I think most people tend to, at least in, in, uh, when we are, we talk with people, most people tend to not be able to say it's okay to be happy where you are now and still doing something different. I think most people tend to find that really difficult to, to argue. But for me, I would obviously do, do, do something different. I think with the stuff I, I know now, I, I think the less, most, less risky time to, to found a company was after our bachelor degree because we could have done a master anytime. But I think if, if I would have think about more stuff like that back then, I think I would have done that. I didn't, I, I did my, I did uh, study economics or business, but from what I know now, I would have definitely studied something way more technical because I didn't know on how to navigate that and what you could do with that. Yeah, I think those are four examples, a few things that I would have done, done differently. But I think apart from that, I like what I've done the, the last year and what I, how I have de developed. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, nice. And David? Yeah, for me, of course, I, I would have maybe uh, went to a different uh, university that would be like more, even more prestigious <laughs> than Goethe University, for example. <laughs> Stuff like that. I would have continued with my internships and, and didn't stop after my UBS internship, I think, because I wasted two years building up the YouTube channel with and that would have also would have been able to make much smoother but in the end it's fine how it is okay all good like a question was rather like whether you would have become a formula one driver no, no, or no, all no. of this type of stuff hey guys last question we already had this joke i still have to do it can i still break into ib into mckinsey or <laughs> it's definitely possible for you okay awesome thank you very much i needed thank this <laughs> guys thank you very much for this session and been a pleasure to, to speak with you super cool guys and whoever wants to fast track reach out to pumpkin thank you christian thanks for listening to nonlinear if you like the content subscribe to this podcast on spotify follow me on linkedin or twitter that's at i am chrishy three three is the number and chrishy with s c h i reach out on any of the platforms if you have comments questions or just want to chat